BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome back to the latest episode of the House of Wrestling Podcast, everybody. It is me, House of Wrestling's Nick Hausman, joined as always by my good friend, Ennis McVeigh. Ennis, welcome back into the house. Thank you, Nick. I've I've had a nice, lovely day watching that kickoff show yesterday. Unlike the the situation that I I heard that you had yesterday. Oh, we're gonna get into it here today. And by the way, <laughs> if you are watching us live in video form, you are a Clubhouse member. Thank you for becoming a Clubhouse member. You can watch the show be recorded live in video form and chat along with us as the show goes along in the comments section. Go over there. We appreciate your patronage, but of course. Uh, you may also be listening to us for free in podcast form or after the fact when we share it on YouTube. All any, Anywhere you hit, if you, you hit subscribe on any of that, you've done good by us, right? If you're listening to this, thank you. So, I mean, I'm, I'm happy either way, but subscribing helps. But also, thank you for listening in general. All right. We got a lot to get to. As Ennis said, yes, there was the kickoff of it yesterday. We uh, we also have some more information about Rosie Agawa's termination. Or Rossi or Rossi? I think it's Rossi, but I'm not 100 percent sure. If I'm honest, Rossi. I think it's Rossi. Yes, it's not I'm, a name. I one way or the other, you know, we know who it is. <laughs> I'm well aware of who he is now. About a month mm. ago, you couldn't have put that name in a lineup and then pointed me out and be like, "Tell me the person who founded the." <laughs> <Like>, uh, <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Ted, Ted Turner. I don't know. Um, <laughs> also, Scott Demore was terminated. We'll talk about that as well later on in the show. Uh, but first, before we get into all of that stuff, we have. Vince McMahon scandals. It used to just be scandal, <sighs> the but streak continues. We will get to a podcast one day where we don't have to mention his name, but it's not today. Well, well I think we should get it out of the way first, right? Of course. To, to, to absolutely. I mean, because this situation is just going to keep spiraling. This is a multi-layered onion. We are just getting going. Um, now I say scandals because uh, we have the Janelle Grant suit, which really kind of opened up the bottle for a lot of other stuff to come out. And and one of the big yeah. things in the wake of that has been the Ashley Massaro scandal. Now, Vice News, yes. back in it here, um, they have unearthed an unreleased statement by Massaro in which she says uh, the following. During my time with the WWE, I observed Vince McMahon making out with other divas in the locker room, but he never paid attention to me, and I assumed I was not his type. This changed after my Playboy cover. Well, Clay, Playboy, Playboy cover was released. I was fortunate enough to be allowed to fly on the company jet and stay at the same hotels as the executives for a period of time so that I could get home faster to spend more time with my daughter. On one of these occasions, Vince was attempting to get me alone with him in his hotel room late at night, and I felt extraordinarily uncomfortable. He began calling the hotel room phone and my cell phone nonstop. I called Kevin Dunn to explain the situation, and he said I should tell Vince I was not feeling well and would see him on TV the next day 
So I did. Uh, pause for a moment. Mm. Kevin Dunn, breathtaking. Yeah. All right. Yes. Next I, I did want to bring up Kevin Dunn quickly because it's interesting that he retired from WWE. I only just thought of this in the last couple of days. A lot it's interesting of his retirement came before, just before it all came out. Oh, buddy. A lot of questions about mm. Kevin Dunn, you know, because they were because he'd been there for so long and he had, you know, he was essentially really... Vince's right hand man in a lot of ways. So he, he yeah. I mean, undoubtedly, he must have known stuff. Like this. A, I mean, it this... said so in the statement. So this is the scenes in the suit where he's showing photos to the production team and like he's the head of production and he's also yeah. an executive. And then you hear stories like this and. Uh, Kevin Dunn not done being a figure in the Vince McMahon scandals, I feel, by no, a long not shot. In, not in the slightest. So uh, immediately after that night, Vince started writing my promos for me, she says. Uh, Vince does not write promos for female wrestlers. That is the job of the creative department. That's its own kind of misogyny mm. um, at the time. And he certainly wouldn't have, under normal circumstances, written a promo for me. But he did, and the promos were written with the clear intention of ru of ruining my career. I brought the first script Vince McMahon wrote for me to the WWE employee in charge of creative at that time, Michael Hayes. And he said, you're not saying this. Who the expletive wrote this? And I told him that Vince did. He said, well, kid, these are the breaks. Meaning that Vince wanted to end my career and destroy my reputation on my way out. He's known for this type of behavior and also did this to redacted upon her departure from WWE. In addition, after that night, each time I walked by him, he would make vulgar sexual comments that were clearly designed to make me uncomfortable. Um, Michael Hayes is now in the conversation. And, yes. it, it, you know, you look at how John Laurinaitis is reacting right now. You know, oh, when yeah. actually get into the mix I, I, here, I, also in relation to the Ashley Massaro story, his lawyer denied that there was a cover-up by WWE. Like, he didn't like the term, I guess. Mm. Did like the term cover-up, but said, yeah, they all knew, right? Yeah. I mean, at that point, you have to assume, like, if you're admitting that you knew, you can't really then go and say, oh, but we didn't cover it up. Especially when, I believe at the time, and I believe when they did, when after Ashley sadly took her own life, the WWE put out a statement saying that she they'd never heard about no. her alleging the rape or anything like that. So it's it's all it, regardless. It makes everyone on that side, you know, puts everything they say into question. Yes, and the Vice News people also found out that the uh, NCIS, which is the the National Criminal Investigation Service, oh, should have written that down. They looked into this, and there was mm -hmm. a 2019 investigation that started, ended in 2020, and Vice News was not able to get the results of this investigation into her allegations that came out. But if uh, the FOIA request goes in and they're going to get it back, then we'll all know here very shortly. So yeah, um, that is also a lingering bomb out there. Um, but oh, the, yeah. the, the net gets wider, right? Oh, absolutely. Like I, I feel, I, like I said on Wednesday, this is not just, you know, a situation that's that's coming from the Janelle Grant stuff. This is decades of stuff, and I feel like we're only really at the tipping point of what we're going to see here in terms of not just what Vince did, but what the whole company has done to well, perpetuate this. Well, one man who is decidedly separating himself and putting mm. full distance between himself and Vince McMahon is Bret Hart. And yes. um, Bret spoke with Slate 
Uh, they did. did kind of a lengthy written piece. And he condemned Vince, said there were a lot of, you know, parallels between The Godfather and how he'll be made a joke of, like Harvey Weinstein and Jeffrey Epstein, where it's like, you know, what did this guy do kind of deal. Mm. Um, but he, there were a couple of things he said here that I thought were really of note. Um, one, yep. somebody warned him months ago that something bad was coming for Vince McMahon. Now, how bad did they know it was? Like Brett saying he found out, which I believe yep. when the Wall Street Journal article came out, I totally believe that. Yeah. Um. But you know how how again like how how known was this? I, you know, I, I feel like I don't. I feel like they. I mean, based on everything we've heard, I feel like they've been taken by surprise as much as everyone else has. Because it feels like they they knew there was stuff there, but from everything we've heard, it sounds like they didn't know it was this severe. Whether or not well, I believe that, yeah, that's up to you, but. Well, and, and again, it's like levels, right? Like, I believe hmm. a lot of the talent uh, that's, oh, yeah. that's not, like, in those executive circles. I don't believe – I think that there was definitely a, a, a dual reality there, right? Like, Brett's a Hall sure. of Famer. These yeah. legends, right? Like, they, they got their own stories. They're like, oh, yeah, you, guys are just, you, you guys are just catching up. Yeah, it's been screwy forever. Oh, yeah. um, but that's the thing is, so, Brett, there's – at the end of it as well, there's a real reflective – kind of like moment where he has to really accept that Vince is a bad person, right? Yep. He says he just he lost all respect for him. Couldn't shake his hand if he walked up to him right now and really had to think about the Rita Chatterton allegations, the former mm. female referee uh, who alleged that Vince raped her and Brett for years thought no way with this guy's power and how much is at stake here would, would this guy jeopardize everything? Mm by acting like this, right? By Absolutely. assaulting this woman, right? So he didn't want to believe it. But yeah. now he believes it. And there's this moment at like a convention, I guess, he describes where he apologized to her and told her he was wrong. And that is so powerful, you know? Yeah. I feel like whenever you're confronted, I mean, I, I feel like with anyone, whether it's, you know, especially as someone with this amount of power and with this amount of responsibility, you would never think that, you know, they would do this kind of thing, just A, just morally as a person, but B, with their position and with their power, that they would go ahead and try and, like, do something that would be so ruinous to that. So I can't exactly blame him for defending him for so long. But when you're faced with these sort of allegations in this sort of way, you have to kind of just brutally confront it. Yeah, and I encourage everyone to read this. This is, you know, I think this is one of the better... Maybe the best response so far from a, from hmm. a legend. I have I've been not thrilled with. I won't nitpick and name names right now because I know everybody's going mm -hmm. through their own trauma. But I don't think everybody Absolutely. has necessarily uh, responded to this situation with the same kind of reflection that Brett seems to be no. demonstrating here. And um, it's a good article. It's a good read. I was happy to Brett. You know. I, f I feel like so maybe some people are like still kind of processing it or whatnot. I mean, some people may have not even read the lawsuit. I mean, Triple H apparently said he hasn't. So you never know. But I would hope at least the people who are talking about this kind of stuff have and at least familiar with the situation. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then... 
place a $5 wager on any sport, you'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. From issuance, please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Wouldn't it have been great to be able to talk to Triple H or Dwayne The Rock Johnson (laughs) (laughs) Mm. directly about the situation. That would be really helpful. I wonder what you could do that. Hmm. In a a media environment like this, I would pay almost $1,000 for that kind of opportunity Mm. just just to to do it. (laughs) Yes. And that's hypothetical, purely hypothetical situation. Hypothetical situation. So yeah, so oh. yesterday yesterday was a ride, my friend. It was a ride, and it was a couple yes. flights, to be honest. Was, uh... <laughs> I can I I heard it was quite a journey for you. I can imagine it was quite laborious. Well, I'm the most public of the journeys, but I was not alone. There were many people that went on mm. a similar journey as me yesterday from the media. So yeah, this was all very. This was very. I mean, it sounds like based from what the observers saying, this thing was planned for a couple weeks. And I'd heard I'd heard uh, from somebody and other sources. Well, this thing had been planned like just before the Vince allegation story broke in yeah. the wall street journal. So take that for whatever it is. Um, but this was a, uh, this was very last minute announced to the public into the press. Well, I found out on oh, yeah. SmackDown on Friday, like everybody yeah. else. And um, I emailed the PR team immediately. They got back to me. They said, here's where you are SVP, you know, let us know. Um, there was a full list of talent, you know, and again, they're like, not all media opportunities. One-on-ones will be available. That line is in every uh, media release I've ever received. And I've gone to every major WWE uh, event for, I think, like five, six years now, maybe longer. Yeah. Um, and I've and there's definitely times where you go and you don't get everybody. Right. Like, there, you know, be expected. Yeah. You know, you, you, got, to. A, you yeah. got a certain amount of time. You got so many people. Absolutely. Maybe I get Seth, you know, like at the, at the Rumble prep. Maybe I get Cody. Mm-hmm. I don't get Hunter. Right. You know, they're like, well. Not, there are people in the room that didn't ask any questions, Nick. And I'm like, totally. eh, you're right. Thanks for the time. You know, so I get that. Right. But the expect, and I had texted privately with somebody at the company that, and I was, because they, I didn't get the credential uh, official email until like Wednesday night. I, oh, I got okay. it. I had a, I had, a, I had a, a message on my phone to check in for my flight before i received official confirmation (laughs) from Mm. wwe right yeah and so i reached out and i was assured i'd be given access and i was like all right let's click the button we're going to vegas right click the button going to vegas later that night we get the email the email noticeably does not include any of the talent now listed i was gonna ask you about this because on the original email i remember you showing me i think both the rock and triple h were on it and i don't think they've done any interviews i don't see i haven't seen like any mainstream interviews with them so i wonder if they just pulled them off entirely i think on wednesday i read you the full list of people on Mm, the air remember i I I pulled up the email it was like 10 people yeah rock and triple h were both on it i'm fairly sure and i've seen no interviews with them not even with wrestling outlets like nowhere so So, so i wonder if something's changed 
I well, here's what I think changed, Dennis, is I don't think mm. that I, you know, again, moral corporate balance, right? Yeah. I want to I want to hear The Rock and Triple H respond to this Vince McMahon allegation. I think the talent and I think the fans deserve to hear their candid thoughts on what is going on with them. Absolutely. They want everyone to talk about WrestleMania, right? Sure. And if they to put The Rock and Hunter out with Nick Hausman, as I just told you, that is exactly what I wanted to talk to them about. That is all I would have talked to them about if given the opportunity yeah. to be to be very very fair, right? Yeah. There are other talent there like I don't need to I don't need to talk to Cody again about it. I already got Cody's take, right? We can sit here. Mm-hmm. We talk about, hey, you finish your story, buddy. Right? We had that talk. Mm-hmm. I don't mind. How's Pharaoh doing? Right? And everyone's going to have that talk with them, you know? Sure. But there's people there. And it, and look, again, you're right. I didn't get him, but nobody got him. And mm-hmm. um, it is, uh, I don't know. And I think that the, you know, I, again, I don't know. Because it is a very promoter thing to just push through. You know, these are the, yeah. they're storytellers, right? These are professional magicians. Their job is to get you to look one place because they don't want you looking at another. That is what they do for a living. That's why you see somebody mm. get hit, but you don't know where the sound comes from, right? You know, it's yeah. all this misdirection constantly. And um, we'll see how it plays out. Um, it does feel it's- like more people are buzzing about Mania and less about Vince on the other yeah. side of this thing, right? Inadvertently, I think it has worked out for them that favor. I don't think that has, based on what's been reported and whatnot, I don't think that was their original intention, even if they maybe swerved into this. I mean, I feels like even this whole storyline, it feels like they've swerved into this somewhat after the whole SmackDown ordeal. Because I watching that kickoff show last night, I can't help but feel this was not their original plan. I don't think no. it was. Um, no, no. Um, that uh, people ask me all weekend if they're like, do you, do you think do you know what's going on? I'm like, dude, I don't know. I've kind of to me it feels like they've been winging it, you know. Honestly, kinda yeah, like, it does feel like that a little bit. It feels sure. like they've just been kind of taking it day by day to me, man. I don't know. I I love Meltzer's little anecdote about what they've been trying to do here about making Cody kind of in like this Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan type figure, the underdog, mm. which we've talked about in the past here on the show. Um. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it. fans, look, that was just kind of a loose idea. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but if you also believe that Dave's reported on, like, January 3rd when he came back, The Rock, like, agreed to this match to headline WrestleMania, well, how did that fall apart, right? How are yeah. both things true? We wanted to, like, elevate Cody to the main event by making him this underdog, but we also... We also were going to do Rock Roman? Like, are you going to do both? I don't know. There's so much conflicting information about this, both from the company and reports. It's just, it lends itself to having to make up theories because we don't really have any clear answers. This is the thing. Yeah, it was. And so I'm watching, I'm watching the, because I, I, for what it's worth, by the way, just to wrap up the, the kind of Nick Hausman narrative of this. I got sure. there. They gave me this red wristband. They said, you have a general admission ticket. And I was like, does that mm. mean that I'll be getting time with interviews afterwards? They said, unfortunately, we won't have enough space for one-on-ones. And I was like, well, well, I'm going to go home then because I want to go be with my wife and dog. And that's fair. God's honest truth. Like, <laughs> if I, get, I got home at 1 a.m. as opposed to 6 a.m., all right? And I got, <laughs> I am fine with missing on the thing I want. I could have watched it from my couch, right? Yeah. And, and the access cool. they gave me. And, that, and look. I talked to three PR people on site there about this, and they were wonderful people. They were all very understanding. There was no heat 
with me leaving early to Absolutely. go see my wife and dog. They were very cool about that. Um, and then after the fact, uh, a, a contact I have at WWE, uh, very understanding of the, the miscommunication of the situation, uh, generously offered to fully reimburse all of my travel expenses because it was fairly obvious that there was an implicate based off of my history and the the way that the messages were exchanged, very obviously some form of miscommunication. So uh, it was a bummer. I'm really sad. I couldn't get the content I wanted to get for everybody and hopefully try to get some of the answers or at least the questions asked everyone wanted asked, but we're playing the long game here as Dwayne says, and um, we'll see how this continues to play out, but they did, they did right by me at least in, in regards to the travel and everything. And so I, I really wanted to call that out and say, I appreciated it. Um, but back to what happened at this press conference now that I have watched it, um, mm. Rock Roman seems fine. Nobody's talking about it. Doesn't it kind of feel like they set up Rock Rollins too, or no? If you, to me, it kind of felt like they were going for Roman and Rock versus Cody and Seth, which is a strange matchup. It would work because I mean, you'd probably get the best match out of Rock in that because a tag team match is probably the best way to protect him. But it's a really strange because you're not giving them Roman. You're not giving the people who want Rock Roman that. And you're you're then having to delay Cody and Roman till the next night. It's it's a strange. Again, we, we're going back to this. It kind of feels like they're winging it. It doesn't it does. feel like they're really setting the seats for something properly here. It's vibe. It's vibe <laughs> creative. It's all about the vibes of the day. <laughs> um, if if you're gonna do the tag match, that feels more like an elimination chamber match to me. Doesn't feel like yeah. a media match, right? It feels like the match yeah. on the way to WrestleMania, to, right? Uh, yeah. Because well, um, Roman's not planned for WrestleMania. That was uh, for Elimination Chamber. But that was the last word. Yeah. Right. So yeah. unless they're, they're changing that, which they're they could... winging it. They're winging yeah. it. Yeah. True. <laughs> we don't know. Yeah. Plans that were there a month ago are in the bin now. So who knows? <laughs> don't take me. This is, I have no information. This match is happening. I'm just saying it feels more like a match that would yeah. happen at the Chamber, right? And if Absolutely. Roman's not booked for the show, I mean, let's get wacky here. Does Rock get in the chamber to try to earn his way into a shot against <laughs> Seth Rollins? Seth Rollins. Could you imagine? CM Punk goes out and they put the fucking Rock in there instead. My well, God. But, dude, it makes the most sense, honestly, it, because, like, true. You, you got the the Rock and Roman. Everybody's been talking shit about Seth. You little kid, get in the corner, take your little toy title, put it on a Barbie doll, whatever they want to say, and, like, <laughs> to put him in a match against The Rock and potentially mm. beat The Rock, would really put a lot of that kind of mess, I think. Uh, I think it would pay off a bit of that mess, honestly. It would. I just feel like it's. it would be really weird to then not have... What do you do regarding Roman and Rock together then? Because I feel like you have to do something with them this year, even if it's not I a match. Know. You have to put something there for them. I don't know. It's I don't strange. Know. Well, look, again, now people seem to still think you could do, like, Rock, Roman night one uh but again the i don't only think way, that's happening now but the no. only way you would be able to get there is like again if you did like because a tag match at the chamber makes the most sense to me yeah because you could have the, a breakdown between rock and roman on the same side and that sets up some kind of we got to settle this tribal who's the tribal chief on night one to walk into night two and put along the line against cody rose right okay yeah, that makes sense yeah but again that would have to you'd have to and and if they're not gonna do it at the chamber um, Happened on Raw, biggest SmackDown of all time, mega, <laughs> mega dream match. You know why not? At this point, they're winging it. Why not put Dang it on? It. I don't know, Superstars. Whatever. What's that? Is it Superstars um, or main event now? It's main event, I believe. And, main event. Uh, put it on that. Fantastic. 
could just be WWE Speed. Use it on that. There we go. Five yeah. minute match for The Rock. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, his Eric Rowan match would have fit for WWE Speed. You know, it could work. I love the WWE. I love the WWE Speed is on X because when I say it, I just feel like some kind of Gen Z drug dealer. It's like, hey, you want to? <laughs> Wanna, it does little... sound like you're you're saying some sort of weird lingo. Your little WWE speed on X, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. You get it on the TikToks. Oh. Um <laughs> oh. what well, a weird timeline answer. we've got to. That was a that was that was the uh that was also at the press conference they announced WWE mm. speed on X. So uh just to put a button on this, I, I again it does seem like Cody Roman, night two. Rollins, yep. someone, night one. Where is the rock in all this? Do they yeah. do they just kind of hold off now until SummerSlam? You know, or the night after on Raw, or I don't know. Weird. They could do a Saudi Arabia show. I think that would not be a great idea, but it'd be good for money. But I don't think in terms of like a show and for the audience, it would be very good. Yeah. They could wait till next year's WrestleMania, but Again, the boat might have sailed by then. We did say that last year with with Cody and Roman, and it's been fine. So maybe they could, but it's it feels like they're having to change stuff very last minute, and I don't really know where Rock fits into things right now. Really, Ripley came out and said the obvious. If the men don't monopolize the main event picture, I sure would love to have a match. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Was so good. That was my second, my favorite part of that show was was real stuff. It's great. I love how she's becoming female Undertaker. It's just a good look, yeah. you know. It's um, wild because I saw Rhea back when she like first had her WWE debut in NXT UK, and she was very different. And it's wild to see how different she was then to now. Her her growth over the last couple of years has been insane. Um, well, she got confronted by Becky Lynch, and that seems like the direction now, right? Nia uh, Jax, Rhea, yeah. at and then Becky. Kind of seems heavy-handedly he's going to win this elimination chamber. I I feel like you have to at least put a tease in for it now because otherwise there's not really been any other seeds sown in regards to what Rhea's doing and Becky's the obvious choice. Uh, last note coming out of this this presser is yes, yeah, CM Punk and Biggie were just delightful, just oh, they delightful. Were they were both so good. I would CM Punk kind of looks like Nick Khan right now, which weirds <laughs> me out. I can see it a little bit. Yeah, I do see it. <laughs> I wish I could do a side by side right now, but it's like the button down. He's got the slick back hair, and I'm just like, hmm. is that the like you just go to WB, you, you look like a pit boss the moment you work for TKO now? Is that is that the vibe? I guess so. <laughs> um, but they were wonderful. Punk was really yeah. good. Um, I've been kind of coy on is it is it the best way to use Punk while he's injured? And uh, I was horribly wrong. I think this is a great way to use Punk. Um, he's obviously gotten a lot more comfortable in this position working mm. um and doing the mma commentary and oh, yeah, for sure and um it, he came across to me more like he was in his mma um coverage mode than like he, he if it didn't feel like he was trying to play like booker t or pro he was covering it like a sport and it, it felt yeah, like he, that you know like back in the day when he used to do commentary during his first bit on it always kind of felt like it was cm punk the wrestler on commentary what does this felt like it was CM Punk, the commentator, doing commentary, which works so much better. He's he's very good at analysis. And even the little like jibes you get out of him from like his wrestling stuff, like I think right at the end, after they were all getting escorted off the stage, Punk makes a, a like a jab at Rock about, you know, punching people and or something like that. And Rock just looks over and and like 
stares at him or something like that. It's like little moments like that that Punk's great at. And um, I, I, I don't want to see him. I mentioned this on Wednesday. I don't think I really want to see him too much on commentary. But this, this sort of minor roles, maybe for pay per views and stuff like that, could be good. I thought, it, yeah, again, it's just like his presence is good, right? But he doesn't feel like a wrestler, you know. Um, yeah. So just weird. But Biggie, I, I liked him bringing up the Huber family, um, the work that Cody's yeah, done with them. Sure. I thought that was very genuine. And again, like. There was just a tone. I think have a Pat McAfee there who does a lot of like real sports kind of events. There was a tone with that panel. Did that you know really the interesting? The did you yeah. know the interesting thing they did with Pat McAfee when he was being introduced by Michael Cole? Michael Cole said he was undefeated at WrestleMania, which is oh, not true. Vince oh. McMahon beat him at WrestleMania 38. So that was well, an interesting little point that I I noticed. Well, Vince is slowly being erased. <laughs> <laughs> so that's hey. interesting. He, you know, Vince, he, uh, he really shit the bed with this one. We Let's be honest. Him. It's probably for the best we forget that match because, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, big news broke on Wednesday. Time is a flat mm. circle. Yeah, late Wednesday after we recorded, um, I believe right after we recorded it, was the news broke that Scott Demore had been terminated by TNA. Now, I very yep. quickly had multiple people on that call reaching out to me, talking to me about this. Um, very, very confused. A lot of questions about why uh, Scott was uh, terminated by the company as he, or by Anthem Sports Entertainment, because he has, um, you know, he, he's been so rah-rah. He's been the guy behind all of the TNA stuff. Absolutely. Um, I believe it was PW Insiders reporting that um, Scott had tried to buy the company um, at one point. I had heard that as well. I heard a couple things. So, okay. There obviously I've been following Scott for a while now. Now I had a report I ran for Wrestling Inc. I interviewed a former Impact referee, Chris Levin, who is not great, guys. I understand he's a piece of shit, but he uh he came to me with a story about how he felt he was fired by Impact for speaking up about Scott and Don's behavior as part of a, a neutral third party investigation that turned out to not be legitimate. Um so you know, it it's always lingered in the back of my head, right? Um you know what what has been you know, it's just in, in light of the Vince scandal stuff, it's even weighed heavier on me. Kind of a lot of the things I learned about while mm. looking into that particular not so neutral third party investigation has gotten done. Um, but it does not look like that has uh, I mean, I'm not going to say it doesn't have anything to do with it because I've heard a, a couple other things where there was just like there were people that had issues with uh, personal choices Scott had made in his life. I'll say to be okay. polite. Um, there was a, it does sound like financial. I had heard about the buying TNA thing. I, I had heard it was framed to me. Like it wasn't the fact I think he wanted to buy TNA. I think it was the valuation of it. But you know, again, okay. this is just kind of from what I've been hearing about it. Like, I think they felt sure. it was, it, it, it kind of sounds to me like he wanted them to pay more money to create a better mm -hmm. product. But if they didn't want to do that, he would buy it at kind of a, a lower rate and i don't right. know that they i don't know that they loved that idea no i can't imagine they would no it, and i think that is kind of what framed this i i've also heard about some other moves that hopefully i'll be able to report on here very soon within anthem okay. over the past month that just say to me they're looking to just maybe cut back a little in general on tna so mm. uh, they've got a new president in place this guy Anthony Ciceroni, I think it is. Mm. Um, he doesn't have a experience running a pro wrestling company. I believe he worked back in the day on like facilitating some agreements with WCW with or WWE. something. Yeah, yeah, there was a WWE thing. I think it was some TV deal back in the late. Oh, it was fight. It was the Fight Network. Yeah, it was the Fight Absolutely. Network, and 
so I don't really know anything about him. Uh, but yes, there were a lot of talents that were upset. Um, I do know that at the there were so there were two phone calls. There mm. was the they were actually video calls. The right. first one uh, with just talent was just, uh, it was run by I'm told Tommy Dreamer and Gail Kim, and it got really chaotic after they told everybody that Scott was going to leave the company or was no longer with the company. Uh, I have also heard that yeah they they were told I actually I believe in the second call that it, it, Scott had uh, decided to step down, which is not publicly what they said. Um, yeah. We don't know why Scott would have been pushed into a position to maybe force his hand to resign um, mm. or step down. Who knows? So the talent reacted and I, they had to be muted and then they got to talk one at a time. And then at the end of the call, they had to get to the next call, which was an all talent plus production people meeting. So it was going to be an even bigger, wider breath call. Tommy made some kind of comment to the extent of if anybody wants to talk about their releases uh, in light of this. We're happy to have those conversations behind closed doors. Didn't say that if anybody wants the release, they can have it, which uh, I had a couple people come to me initially and say, that's what they said. And I go, what? And they're like, yeah, would that be crazy? And then I looked into it. I don't believe that's the case. Um, okay. So, but it does sound like they'd be open to the conversations. And then the second yeah. call with the talent and the employees and the, the staff and everybody, um, many Anthem executives uh, were on the call um, and, uh, and um, yeah, it was just a rah-rah speech. They tried to get everybody excited, I guess, about the new direction. They brought up how Eric Young and Frankie Kazarian had done like crossover shows on Anthem. They wanted to do more cross promotion and we'll see where it goes. Um, yeah. The vibe right now is very weird around TNA, its future, what it looks like. I, I know they're going to, I guess, try to do a, a big announcement here soon, said, said Fightful. But hey, there you go. That's everything I know about it. Yeah, it's a very weird situation. My concern with it is I'm I think the last time this kind of something similar to this happened was when Sinclair bought Ring of Honor and that obviously didn't end too well for Ring of Honor. I mean, it's worked out kind of now, but from the sort of where they started with Sinclair and where they ended, it wasn't great. So I hope it doesn't go that direction. But, you know, Impact have had a lot or TNA have now had a lot of momentum with the, the rebrands. So here's hoping. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Um, all right. Quick notes about AEW here. Uh, first of all, Sting and Darby Allen defeated Big Bill mm. and Ricky Starks on Wednesday night to become the AEW World Tag Team Champions. They got attacked by Young Bucks, long drawn out attack, um, and then now they're, they're, this is all to set up the big match at, at Revolution here in a couple weeks. Um, I, what do you think, Sting? Should he keep keep the titles? Go out, code champion. What do you think? Should lose? How do you feel about it? Uh, I think he should probably lose. I feel like the the tag team the title scene as a whole has kind of been a bit weird the last couple of months in AEW. I feel like they need like a definitive champions that are around and can like be the sort of centerpiece of it right now. I feel like having as much as it would be a nice moment to have Sting and Darby retain it and then vacate it. I think it's probably better if Young Bucks get it. You can maybe have a nice moment of Sting putting them over or whatever. And then they are, you know, the new centerpieces of that tag team division. Because over the last couple of months, as much as, as Big Bill and Ricky Starts have been good, I feel like it's been a very sort of weird booking as of late with that division. Yeah. Um, well, the other note I wanted to bring up, the Observer here saying that uh, a person close to the situation uh, about Ros Rossi Agawa's exit from uh, stardom says mm. that... Um, you have no idea how upset wrestlers and the media are about Tony Khan sticking it to Rossi on social media. He was celebrating mm. Rossi being taken out as I guess he saw him as someone who was sending talent to WWE over AEW, right? And we're finding out how loyal some talent seem to be to this guy. And I don't know. This is an interesting fight Tony's picture this time. 
Yeah, so apparently the whole situation now, Rossi's talked to, I believe, Tokyo Sport about it. The entire situation, the idea that he's poaching talent to WWE isn't strictly true. The more idea is that he apparently, for about six months ago, said he was going to hand in his notice right. to, to stardom. Um, and then they set a date, I believe it was the 17th of February. And then at their last show, they just, Bushiro basically just said to him, we're just going to let you go. Um, because apparently he'd been talking to talent about poaching them for the new promotion that he's setting up, which is partly why Kyrie left because she knew Rossi Ogawa wouldn't be involved in stardom and also partly why Gulia left for the same reason why she's now going to WWE but helping him with his new promotion. So yeah, but it's a very both, interesting situation. But both Julia and... Well, Kyrie's already in WWE. Julia seems mm. to be eventually WWE bound. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying I think Tony sees like... I think Tony sees Rossi as somebody who just prefers to work with WWE for whatever reason than AEW. It does. Yeah. Like, if these women are so loyal to him that they're following him there, they're obviously listening to him when it comes to where should you go to work. And for whatever reason, these women are winding up in WWE. Yeah. It's, it's a weird because, like, the, uh, there's been stories about how they've, like, tried to get people from stardom. I believe at the last Forbidden Door, they tried to get people from stardom, but there was a pay per view that day. And then stardom wanted Chris Statlander for a show. And AEW didn't get back to them, but that was also around the time she got injured. So it, I don't know if maybe it's just a massive miscommunication or what, but it does feel like there's something more there. All right, everybody. That brings us to the end of the show here today. We have Natalia. Actually, not at the end. We're going to play Natalia here after I do a little club housekeeping. And Natalia is one of many interviews that are starting to become available on the House of Wrestling YouTube channel. But if you want to get access to all our interviews, our news, our podcasts early or exclusive you got to become a Clubhouse member. Uh, so go over to patreon.com slash house of wrestling. Tiers start at $5. Uh, you get access to the shows. You get everything I just said. The Discord. We're chatting it up there. Uh, I'm going to be adding my interview with Candice LeRae to the Clubhouse here later this yeah. afternoon. That's really fun. The New Day makes a cameo in that. Um, and uh, Matthew England, our gold tier member, is going to be joining me Monday night after Raw to talk about the show. Stay up late. We love Matthew. <laughs> we love Matthew. We do. We do. And we are Matthew's very best. absolute best. Abs and I know he's from England. He's not. His last name's just England. But <laughs> I was gonna say if he's staying up till four AM to podcast, that is commitment. Because even I don't do that. He's not English. I don't believe so. I don't know. I've never we'll find I've, out. I've been I've been messaging with Matthew. Very nice mm. guy. We've never spoken. It'll be a first time. So Oh, you want to watch that? We're not going to release that anywhere except on the on that on the Patreon on the Clubhouse exclusive content, but and not I'm that kind of exclusive content. No, uh, and <laughs> I'm going to. Well, you know, maybe if Clubhouse takes a little change of direction, who knows? Maybe. <laughs> oh boy, um, hey, you know, only house. So, oh, <laughs> uh. so yeah, so all of that. Come join us. We're having fun, um, and it's going to be a great time. And, of course, uh, if you're listening to us in podcast form, go subscribe, rate, review, comment. Um, we will try to read some of your comments here. Uh, on. I didn't pull up any for today, but next Friday we'll do some comments. So if you want to be a part of the sure. show, you have your voice heard, go leave a comment on the Apple Podcast. And is there anything you want to put over here before I throw it in Talia? I'm all good. Just my usual at NS underscore on social media. Wonderful. I'm at Nick underscore Hausman. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you on next Wednesday. And here she is. Natalia. Houseman here with House of Wrestling live at the Royal Rumble, and I am joined right now by a Guinness multi-time Guinness book. Sorry, 
Six-time Guinness World Record. <laughs> You're starting to sound like Booker T when you say stuff like that. You know that? That's a great comparison because I'm a massive Booker T fan, so thank you so much. You're, You're welcome, Natalia. Well, outside of your many, many records, there's a huge news story that I believe our friend Sean Ross Sapp, who's around here somewhere, broke, that you are working with Rory Culkin on a Hart family film. I was just wondering, can you confirm or deny the report? I can't really confirm and I can't really deny, but I, I listen, I have a lot of pride with my family, um, and I, I, I feel like, for me, I, there, there is something I'm very passionate about that I've been working on for, for over a year. Um, so, so I can't confirm, can't, can't deny, but, but my family is, you know, when you look at the history of the Hart family and you look at um, just the stories that could be told about our family and, and growing up in the family and being a woman growing up in the family, um, to me, the possibilities are endless. So when I say that I'm working on something near and dear to my heart, like I said, I can't confirm or deny it, but, it, but I am working on something really special right now. Is it, is it documentary or scripted, I guess? Um, I can't, can't really say, um, but but you know, with with the Hart family, there's we're, there's never a shortage of material for entertainment, and it's to me like what I like watching as a viewer. I love watching documentary style things, but I did watch The Iron Claw, and I thought, wow, that that movie just blew me away. I couldn't believe the 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 stories that were told within that movie and what I got out of it, and so I, I think. Again, love a good documentary, but also enjoy the format of, of, of a movie like The Iron Claw. Yeah, and it's, a, it's interesting, the Hearts and the Culkins, because there's a lot of famous Culkins, too, yeah. right? And, and they're big wrestling fans as well. Yeah, because Macaulay and Rory both spent yeah. some time working with creative, right? Actually, the, uh, Macaulay and, and his brothers were there um, when I won the championship at the Barclays Center. They were sitting front row um, when I won the women's championship at the Barclays Center. So, like, I feel like... I, I love and respect anybody that has respect for what we do, and it's funny because I've been watching and seeing like these interviews with Zac Efron talking about like, oh my God, I have this whole new respect for what wrestlers do because he would have never known that world other than this role, yeah. and now he's saying like, wow, learning from Chavo Guerrero, who's a third generation wrestler, like what what they do and how hard they work, and that like for for us in. In this industry, there is no off season, and it is very grueling, and it is very like hard. So I, I like that there's a new light being shed on it, that people can understand the, this world a little differently. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let me shift gears a little bit. Um, you and your husband T.J. Wilson uh, shared. Well, actually, I think it was you who shared the videos of a recent training session at the dungeon. A lot of a lot of notable names in there. Um, Let's start with Jade. How is Jade progressing? How far do you think she is from being in-ring ready for the WWE? When I say Jade is going to be amazing, I, I truly feel that she's got something so special about her. And like when, when Jade came, you know, she asked if she could come down for a training session and she wanted to work with us. I thought like that was so cool because it was right after her mom had passed away. Yeah. And so I thought like, you know, after after having lost, you know, I've, I've lost my dad, and I remember when I was going through that time, it was such a difficult time for me in my life, and I said to TJ, I said, the fact that Jade, like, is going through this very traumatic thing in her life, but she's still very driven and focused on the work that she wants to do in WWE, and having this restart and, re, you know, this, this new focus on what we're doing, I just have so much respect for that, and she, she's going to be amazing. I think she's going to blow everybody away. All right, well, uh, last question. They say I got one more. Then I'll ask you about the other guy in that class that got a lot of attention, and that was 
Ricky Starks. Now, Ricky Starks doesn't even work for WWE. He was the only AEW star in that mix. Talk to me a little bit about how that came about, and is he somebody that you would like to see in the WWE fold? For me, you know, it's with, with the dungeon, with, with what TJ and I do, it's invite only, and, and it's kind of like, it's funny because it's like you got to know somebody that knows somebody that comes to our ring that's like, hey, phone a friend, ask a friend, can they come? So it's like, it's not something you can just drop in. It's not an LA fitness where you're like, hey, I'm going to pay the drop-in fee. It's just a very, like, kind because of, it's because it's just this one day a week that we train right now. It's not really a school. It's a workshop. Yeah. So when, when, uh, when Ricky came, uh, we, listen, anybody that has passion that, that, you know, like, I feel like Ricky has so much passion for the industry. I was totally honored to have him come train with us. And he, he's very, very talented. And so I would, of course, love to see him, you know, doing what he loves. I know he's very good friends with Cody Rhodes. Um, but I think Ricky, like, has a really great, like, total package. He can speak. He looks great. He moves great. He's passionate. Any, anybody that wants to train on their days off, I give them nothing but credit. You know, whether it's Moose, whether it's Angelo Dawkins. By the way, I have to kick Angelo Dawkins out of our ring every week because he literally won't get out of the ring because he trains so hard. He wants to train for, like, three hours straight. Um, Tahuti off of, um, you know, you, you guys know him as, a well, from Hit Row. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So Tahuti trains with us. Um, B-Fab, Bree, she trains with us. Liv Morgan's trained with us. Liv is one of our OGs. Moose, who's now the TNA champion. Um, we get a lot of people from Ring of Honor, TNA. Um, I, 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 if you love wrestling and you love this industry and, and you want to work hard, we're all about that. Hey, Natalia, thank you so much for the time. Thank you so much. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.